0: Hi, I'm Joe. I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm the student pastor here at Fort Caroline Baptist Church, and uh, I'm going to be sharing with you today. We're in a series called It All Starts Here. And what we believe here at Fort Caroline Baptist Church is that everything starts in a relationship with God. We know that, that folks are asking questions that are, that are deep and burning questions. Questions like, does my life matter to someone else? That, that question of friendship. Friendship. That's the question we're going to be answering today. Uh, the question of, of work and success and, and what does success look like for me. Uh, the question of, of doing good and making a difference. Uh, the question of how to raise kids and am I doing this parenting thing right. Also, we're going to be talking about the purpose, the, the question of purpose. And, and does my life matter? So we believe that all of those questions can be answered within the relationship with Jesus Christ. And that all started with what we celebrated last week, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it all starts right here. So as we talk today about this question of friendship and does my life matter to someone else, I'd like to share with you a story, a story from my childhood. I grew up back in the, back in the mid to late 70s over in the Sandalwood area, just off of Raven Drive in the Brookview area. Went to Brookview Elementary School, and man, it was it was good times back then. had a had a good friend named Philip. Me and my brother hung out with him. He was a couple of years older than myself, and we would I remember going over to his house, playing ball, and, and hanging out, and and uh, riding bikes everywhere. And and back then, we we just went everywhere on our bikes. Uh, I remember one time, Philip and I were out just riding our bikes, and I think we were out collecting those recyclable bottles that you can. You can trade in for a nickel or a dime at the 7-Eleven. And so we were crossing Atlantic Boulevard. And and I know you're probably asking, what were you doing as a little kid riding your bike across Atlantic Boulevard? Well, back then, Atlantic Boulevard wasn't nearly as busy as it is today. There wasn't nearly as much in the way of traffic and cars weren't driving as fast. So anyway, it wasn't that big of a deal. So we were crossing Atlantic Boulevard and Philip went on ahead of me and, and he had gotten across and I started... Up on my bike, and for some reason I fell over. And, and Philip, while he had gotten across, he, he, he turned around and, and saw me, and, and he uh, left his bike on the side and, and came back and, and helped me get up and, and move across. And, and so, you know, he, he was that kind of friend. He, he would do stuff to help. And probably um, you've experienced that too in your own life. Uh, you've had a friend there to help you and, and to be there when you needed your friend. Well, time went on. and and around the fifth grade, my family decided we needed to move. And so we moved across town, just off of Rojera Road there in the Merrill Road, north of, north of uh, Merrill. And um, with the change of, of address, I changed schools, changed neighborhoods, and, and I kind of lost touch with my old friends and, and my old friend Philip. And, you know, it was tough as a little kid losing your childhood friends. And, and so there was no social media of course, I couldn't drive. Maybe I could have called him up and set up a time to hang out, but I didn't. And with all of that, our friendship just kind of faded out. And I know that's something that probably all of us have experienced once in a while. We've experienced that loss of friendship. And when we experience that loss of friendship, it's for a various number of reasons. Maybe, maybe it's because of, of distance. Maybe, maybe you were like me. You lived in a, little, uh, a place for a little while. Then you moved over to another area of town or moved out of state, and you lost those friends. Lost touch with them. Or, or maybe, maybe it was because of just differences in interest. As you grew up, your interests went in one direction. Their interests went in another direction. You just kind of drifted apart. Or maybe it was because of a hurt. Maybe you hurt them or they hurt you, and there was no reconciliation. And so the, the friendship didn't come back together. And, and we've all experienced that kind of loss. And, and in the middle of that kind of loss of friendship, we, we sometimes try to compensate and, and make up for it and, and try to fix it or, or, or find another friend. And, and so sometimes we'll we'll look for a friend that maybe compares with that, that old friend that we had. And and they maybe suffer from that comparison issue of, oh, are they like my old friend, and, and maybe they can be like this to me, and maybe maybe we just don't... Find that person that that matches that kind of that kind of personality, and and we struggle with trying to make it fit. And so here's the thing, too, is what happens is maybe we've gone through that loss, and we decide to give up on friendship. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know it hurts so much to lose that friend. I'm just not gonna just not gonna bother. It's it's just too much hurt to have to handle. Or or maybe maybe you're like some people, uh, not like me but like some people, you make friends at the drop of the hat. You know, it's no problem for you to make friends. and Regardless of where you stand in the way of your friendships, we all struggle. We all ask the question, does my life matter to someone else? Do I have anybody I can truly call a friend? Is there someone out there that I can truly call a friend? And how does my faith connect with my friends? Well, we believe that friendship is talked about in the Bible by Jesus, and we want to give you some intentional steps that can help you connect and make those, those relationships the way they ought to be. So, what we're going to talk about is, is we're going to talk about Jesus and how his teaching connects with our friendships. So, when we read the Bible, we understand that all of the Bible leads to Christ. It's a story that leads up to his death, burial, and resurrection and what that means in our lives. And as he was teaching and going along that path towards his, towards his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus would gather followers around him and, and they would listen. But as he was gathering followers around him, there were a lot of people that were trying to just kind of discredit him. Uh, they were experts in the law and, and, and there, were, there were scribes and Pharisees and, and religious leaders and, and they would listen, but, but not with, a, not with a, a pure purpose. They were listening to undermine him. They wanted to catch him in his words. And Jesus knew this was going on. And he always seemed to be two or three steps ahead of these guys. And Jesus would teach when he would teach his followers and these mixed crowds of folks who were kind of uh, listening to find fault. He would teach in a certain way. He would use parables. And these were fictional stories that were about familiar things in order to make a point. So Jesus would be talking about farming, uh, he'd talk about making a journey, he'd talk about uh, talk about um, families, and, and he'd talk about taking care of animals, and, and all sorts of crazy things. But it was all familiar stuff. So what we're gonna talk about today is the story of the Good Samaritan. You're probably really familiar with the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, and, and what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to read along with us. As, as I read here, I'd like for you to be reading in your, your own uh, copy of the scriptures. Uh, look at Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And let me encourage you, uh, once we read this and you go throughout the week, come back and reread and, and let this, this word kind of sink into your heart because we believe that the Bible is, is such a book that we need to meditate on it. We, we really need to read it and reread it so that its truth can be planted like a seed in our hearts and then grow and bear fruit in our lives. And that happens by us reading and rereading and meditating on the scriptures. So I encourage you to do that. Luke 10, verses 25 through 37. And so Jesus is talking and he says, um, I'm sorry, uh, behold, it says, a, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test. And he was saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life. So this says that Jesus is teaching some of his uh, disciples, and a teacher of the law, one of those experts I talked about earlier, is trying to trip him up, and he asks him this question. And it's an it's honest question. I'd love to know how I could have eternal life. I think it's something we would all like to know. How do we have that blessing of God in our lives? And so he said to him, Jesus is saying to the lawyer, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Now, this is, this is classic Jesus. He, he asks a question in answer to the guy's question. He responds to the question with a question. And so what's going on here is Jesus, it seems, is trying to get the guy to examine his motives. Where is he coming from? And, and that's something that's just perfect about how Jesus responds. And so getting into the guy's motives. And so the guy answers. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you've been around Fort Caroline very long, you've probably heard these words. We use it in our mission statement. Love God, love others. It's a great way to live the life that God has called us to live. So this guy seems pretty close to what we understand to be the mission and the calling of God. And so Jesus answers. He said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So the guy has his answer. This is awesome. But just like in typical lawyer fashion, he's got to make sure he's got his terms defined. He's got to make sure his I's are dotted, his T's are crossed, fill in every blank. And so he asks another question. And he says to justify himself to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And so he's asking, who do I need to love? Who do I need to aim this love toward so that I will have this eternal life? And here he goes. Jesus begins to tell a story, one of those parables I told you about earlier. Jesus replied in verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now picture this. Jesus is talking to a group of Jewish people, people who followed the the law of of Moses, the Torah. And so when a a person is is, is walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, they understand this is one of their people, and they relate to that. Jerusalem to Jericho, a, tr- a trip of about 18 miles over the mountains, narrow, dangerous. And they were probably nudging each other. Oh, yeah, I've, I've taken that trip before. And, and, and so it's all really familiar to them. And they're, they're getting it. They're tracking with Jesus at this point. And so he says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, now here's there's, there's a little twist in the story. Okay, so the priest and the Levite, these are the guys, the religious guys of the day that are they're in the temple, they're, they're doing the sacrifices. They're, they're the guys that would be held on a really high level when it comes to the, the view of the people what happens is, is they just ignore the problem. They walk by on the other side of the road. And, and so, so this, is, this is kind of a conundrum. This is kind of a riddle. Why, why is this going on? So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a twist, a curveball in the story, and here comes more of a curveball. And Jesus says uh, in, in, this, in this next section, he says, but a Samaritan. Now, that's kind of a duh da duh, duh moment, okay? So the, when, when they heard the word Samaritan, they, they, would, they, they, they would get up and, and, and be like, oh, no, a Samaritan. The, these guys were the half-breeds, and they had all sorts of bigotry towards the Samaritans, uh, the religious bigotry and, and, and racial bigotry, and, and they hated Samaritans. And so they saw them as, as partial Jews, but then partial pagans, and, and they were compromised in their religion and so, so, Jewish people, they would be like, if they said Samaritans, you, you'd hear in the crowd, boo, hiss. you know, it's, it was just a bad deal to be a Samaritan in the eyes of a Jewish person. And so, the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So, what we have here is we have this guy on the side of the road, and maybe if he was conscious, and he saw the priest and the Levite pass by, he'd be asking, does my life matter to anybody? And these guys just pass by. But then the Samaritan comes by. And if that question was rolling through that guy's head, the Samaritan answered with a resounding yes. Your life matters to me. He had pity on him. And, and he went and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn to take care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii. Now, two denarii was two days' worth of wages. And so this guy gives a pretty good amount. If you think about it, what you make in two days, that's a good amount. And so he went above and beyond. And and he gave the the money to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. And so this Samaritan is, is being more than a friend. He is really sacrificing. He's not only going to help him and, and help him take care of him and, and bring him and give him the money, but he's going to come back around. And If there's any money owed, he's going to provide it. That life mattered to that Samaritan. So Jesus follows up the story with a question. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And then the lawyer responded. He said, the one who showed him mercy. Now, I, I got to think that this lawyer, this Jewish lawyer, this expert in the law, probably kind of choked on the answer because he didn't want to say, well, the Samaritan was the hero of the story. Or when he asked, who proved to be the neighbor? The Samaritan. Saying those words probably choked. And this is just my thinking. I don't know if that's actually how he responded. But, but I'm thinking this guy just did not want to admit. So he just said, the one who showed mercy. And then Jesus responded, you go, And do likewise. This is the way that Jesus answered these kinds of questions. It's kind of the way he answers our question. So Jesus was asked, who is my neighbor? We ask the question, does my life matter to someone else? Well, Jesus answered those questions by saying, go and be a neighbor. Go and do likewise. Who mattered to whom in this story? Well, the priest and the Levite, the religious guys, they didn't think that this guy who was hurt mattered enough to stop. But that Samaritan, he saw the guy injured, and that Samaritan mattered to that injured guy. And that injured guy mattered to that Samaritan. And you could see that. And, and you could see that that Samaritan reached across the gap, reached into that life. And he, he was a friend to that man. And we can kind of summarize the the whole bottom line of today's message in this statement. Jesus is saying, be a friend, bridge the gap. Jesus answered, go and be a neighbor. The answer is to go and make a difference in someone's life. And as you're doing that, you're going to make a friend along the way. Like my friend Philip. When I needed help, he was there for me. Like when I was crossing the, the road, when I needed companionship, He was there for me. Maybe you've got somebody in your life like that, a a friend who, when you needed encouragement, companionship, help, they reached across the gap, they bridged that gap, and they were your friend. Jesus is like that in our lives. You see, Jesus said, no greater love has anyone than this, that they lay down their life for their friend, and that's what Jesus did. In the celebration of Easter, he died for us, was buried, and rose again. He laid down his life for us. We were his friends. He bore our sin. He bridged the gap. We ask the question, does my life matter to someone else? Jesus' answer and Jesus' example is go and be a friend. Make yourself matter to someone else. Be a friend and bridge the gap. So let me give you a few steps that you can take that will help you out and do that this week. First of all, I want you to remember. Remember the friends that you've had in your life. And be thankful for the friends that have poured into your life when you've needed them. Remember what people have done for you. So that's first. I want you to remember the friends you've had. Secondly, pray for the opportunity, the courage, and the strength to bridge that gap into somebody else's life. Just like that Samaritan. He was walking along the road. He, he was going about his day. And it took some courage to step out and help a person who was hurting. And so he did that. We need to pray for the opportunity and the courage and the strength to do that in someone else's life. And then we need to obey the calling when it comes. The calling to be a friend and bridge the gap. To go out of your way and be a friend to someone. I want you to imagine, imagine what it would be like if people in this community, in this congregation began to be a friend and bridge the gap. I think that one of these things might happen. You might see younger folks reaching out to older folks during this COVID-19 restriction asking, hey, is there anything I can pray for? Uh, Is there anything I can bring to you? Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's actually already happened. A good friend of mine, Larry Weaver Jr., has has coordinated the, the efforts of some younger families to reach out to some older families, and then the older families to reach out. In fact, on Easter Sunday, I got a call, just somebody saying, hey, it was one of our older couples. They're saying, hey, happy Easter. Man, I'm just thinking about you. Hope you have a, a great day. And so that, that is happening right here in our community. But imagine if each of us took that opportunity and said, I'm gonna bridge the gap and be a friend. I believe that in our congregation, the grieving would be comforted the sad, and the lonely would be encouraged. I believe that the poor would be provided for. I think that young people would be mentored and guided, and I think that older people would be appreciated, feel appreciated and wanted. And and imagine what would happen in our community if we as the church began to reach out and be a friend to those who don't know Christ, who are outside the church. Here's some of the things I think would happen if we did that. I think that those who've been hurt by the church would begin to feel the warmth of a loving God. I believe that those who see the churches as, as useless would begin to be amazed by the difference that God is making in our community. And I also believe that the people who are lost and outside of the love of Christ would begin to feel and experience that they are found in the grace of God. Just think about what it would be like if we decided to be a friend and bridge the gap. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm so thankful for this message that you've given to us to hear today. I'm thankful for the, the challenge that we have to be a friend and bridge the gap. I pray that each one of us would remember this week, those friends we've had, that we would begin to pray about opportunities to, to reach out and make a difference. And I pray, God, that we would ultimately obey your calling to make a difference in the lives of those around us. And Lord, I know when we do that, we will begin to foster relationships, friendships that will last a lifetime. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.